And it is Tezayin Kislev. Tezayin Kislev. So this morning I came to Yeshiva, and one of my co-workers said to me that Tezayin Kislev is the day that the Rebbe Rashab wrote the letter about Teresh Hashanah Lachasidus. I don't know if you know the story. I'll tell it to you briefly. Today, first of all, is the day of the bris of the Mitla Rebbe. Mitla was born Tes Kislev, and his bris was on time. Okay, nine plus eight. Including 9 is the 16th, right? 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. Today was the bris of the Mitla Rebbe. The Rebbe Rashab, when he made Yeshiva's Tem Chetmimim, had this great wish that even though he traveled a lot for all kinds of reasons and things, that Yitzhak Kisla he would be in Labarach. In his words, Middikinder. That's how the Rebbe Rashab referred to the Talmidim, Middikinder, with the Rochim. And um, in Samach Beis, which is 1901, he was unable to be in Lubavitch. He was actually in Vienna for whatever reasons. So in his absence, he wrote a letter. And he sent the letter to the Friedrich Rebbe and asked the Friedrich Rebbe read this letter to the Talmidim at the beginning of the Fabrengen as his contribution to the Fabrengen of Yetis Kislev. This letter is paraphrased in the very, very beginning of the Hayyoyim Yoyim. If you've ever paid attention, the Hayyayim Yoyim was designed by the Rebbe. And the way the Hayyayim Yoyim works is that the right side of every page is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, sorry, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos. And the left side of every page is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's how it works. You always have three entries on the right, Thursday, Friday, Shabbos, four entries on the left, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It's very uniform in this way. You teskiz the over Shabbos, which means that the very first page of the Hayyayim Yoyim, on the right side of the page, on the bottom you have Yetis Kislev, and there's an upper half a page that's empty. The Rebbe put in that half a page a paraphrase, a kitzit of this letter. That the Rebbe Rashab wrote in Tafresh Samach Beis, 1901 to 1902, in which he says many very powerful, powerful things, and amongst them that it seems to me that Yetis Kislev is Rosh Hashanah Ladach, Rosh Hashanah Lachasidis is Yetis Kislev. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to hold it against you. But last year, Yetas Kislev, we started learning the of Memdalet. The Maimer we learned was Zahayim Tchilas Masecha, which is really a Rosh Hashanah Maimer, which the Rebbe Rashab wrote. It's, it's a paraphrase from that same letter. Um, but in, in this letter, which the Rebbe wrote, the Samach Beis, he wrote the idea that Rosh Hashanah Lachasidus. Now, there's a story that goes around. When the Rebbe wrote this letter, it was very widely publicized. Because. Labavitch was going through a resurgence. Labavitch was very dormant for a very long time. And the yeshiva and the other things were making a big tumult. And all over Russia, Chabad Hasidim were being drawn to the new torch of Labavitch and they were very excited by it. And there's actually a letter from a, a, a yeshiva Rebbe where he describes the complaints that Hasidim were writing to Labavitch. How could it be that Labavitch, this is happening and that's happening, the other thing is happening, and we know nothing about it. And one of the big complaints was how come this letter is not being more widely disseminated? It wasn't printed, you understand? It was, whatever, mimeographed, the equivalent of mimeographed. Kupir, they called it. It wasn't copied, but it wasn't printed. And it was very, very widely disseminated. And it reached into very, very high levels of the Snagdisha circles. <coughs> so there was a Yid who was a member of the Bezden of Rabbi Chaim Eizer. Eizer was the Vilna Rav. He was the Rav of Vilna. And he was an Erle, he was a Litvak, he was an Erle Mashariyid, he was a very Erle Chariyid. And he had a lot of respect for Chassidim Pashat because he saw the Chassidim were more frum. Because by the Misnagdim then there was a lot of Kalas. Misnagdim were big Lombim, some of them, big learners. But they used the learners for Hatayim. You know, the world has changed an awful lot. 
But the Misnagim of today are incredibly great Yiddishamayim. Altus Mchovich. Altus Mchovich was a Mashpir Tenesemis, Yiddishalayim. He passed away in 1939. So it gives you an idea. This is a long time ago. And somebody was talking to the Baltus Mchovich about the Yiddishalayim that was Prussian. Well, you know, we're Shtraimels and Payas, but they're really followers of the Vilna God. They're called Prussian. They're the Misnagdim of Yiddishalayim. So someone said to the Baltus Mchovich, from the Prussian, the Misnagdim. So the Baltus Mchovich says, the Prussian, the Misnagdim? That's the Prussian, the Tzadikim. He says, I'll tell you what a misnagid is. A misnagid is to learn kolatayda kula and uses every excuse in the book to find every hetet. It's a different world. The misnagdim today are elah chayidin, fakert, they're very machmir mitzvahs. Perhaps more than they're supposed to be. But it's not, it's not the same. It's really not the same. Then there was a lot of kalas. You use the tayda to find a tayda, a kaltkait asem. And Chameza couldn't take it. It really bothered him. And because of this, he had a lot of affection for chsidim even though he didn't have an appreciation for the for the shtick of Hasidus, but the Yerushalayim he appreciated very much. I've told this to you before. The Meishu Bagamuskis told me that he heard from his stepfather, Rabbi Nisal of that he was a witness with his own eyes. The Friedrich had ever met Abchaim and they hugged and kissed. The Friedrich had met Abchaim and the Harum they hugged and kissed. This ties a kind of relationship. This is like, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful story, but kids said. Anyway, he was, he was a Rav of Vilna. Chaim Rezik was a Rav of Vilna. He was a Mestaget. He was a Litvak. But he was a very Adelachidian. He had a whole Bezdin under him. He was a Rav. He was a whole Bezdin. And some of his Rabbanim were big Goinim, but Kalim. You know, the the Mestaget of the olden days. And um, he came into Chaim laughing. He says, look... Chassidim with their shtick, he says the Mishnah says Arba Rosh Hashanah Meim. The Mishnah says it's four Rosh Hashanahs, and the Chassidim made a fifth Rosh Hashanah. And he shows him the letter where the Rebbe Rashab says he does kiss him with the Shanah Ladach. So Chaim responds, he didn't laugh at all. He, he at the Kesef on his side, and he said, "By Zay Kum Taal Tzur Be'Unz Gate Al Tzarok." They keep adding more, and we keep taking away. He didn't find it funny at all. Now there's a story that's a hemshift in a story which is very, very uncomfortable, but I'm going to say it even though it's uncomfortable. And I forgot from whom I heard it, but I believe it's true. Allah Yungaman was in a bungalow colony someplace. And it was Khaidishalo. And it was a mixed bungalow colony. I teach seminary girls. And a girl came out with a ton of questions. I said, send me an email. So she sent me an email with a ton of questions, and I regret giving her permission to send me an email. It's not just the, the length of the questions and the but they're very uncomfortable. One of the questions, how come Lubavitchers can't marry non-Lubavitchers? And the correct answer to that question is, Halavai, Halavai. Halavai, you wouldn't have all of these walls. They're so foolish. But okay. I didn't say it, right? Yeah, it's a cold morning. Nobody's here. But anyway, so he was in a bunk. The one place with Lubavitchers and non-Lubavitchers sometimes mixes in the bunk. That's where it ends. Yeah, and then they, and a, a, a Talmud, Rabbi Ashaber, why you, younger man, a rob? Was giving a shir, look at the teda. Everybody knows that in Chedish Elod, Rabbi Salavechik would teach in Shiva University, look at the teda. Salavechik said that if no, if not to look at the teda, Rosh Hashanah would have no meaning. He was a Talmud of Yashabed, he was giving a shir, look at the teda, which is itself a Chedish, a, 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 a modern Orthodox Rabbi gave him a shir, look at the teda. But in the middle of the shir, he was talking to his guys, and he just mentioned something from Tanya, and he expressed himself, Tanya Peirik Lev. That's how this Litvak. This rabbi, it's a Tanya Pedic left. And he was very taken aback by the fact that not only he knew of the Tanya, 
But he knew the language, he knew the lingo, he knew the sprach. So he wrote a letter to the Rebbe. That he was in his bungalow town and he met these Oilamisha people, modern Orthodox Rebbe, and that he not only was teaching Lukut Teda, and not only referenced the Tanya, but he knew the language, Tanya Pedaklev. And the Rebbe wrote to him, in other words, it never took the same words from Chaim Mesa and flipped them on its head and said, you know, could be that we have to take a look at ourselves and say maybe Bazei Kumtsu, Rebbe was implying that what the Chaim Mesa said a hundred years ago about the Misnagdim may have something for us to learn from about as about Unz But okay, so I made us feel uncomfortable. At least I made myself feel uncomfortable. But okay, so this today, that's what the Rebbe wrote this letter today. In other words, my mom is three days from Reish Hashanah, in the yeshiva, this big signs, have you thought about Yitzhak Kislev, are you ready for Rosh Hashanah? And um, I looked at the sign, I made a krechts, I walked by, and I did my job. So let's learn the minus, okay? We read the sign, we made a krechts, and then we do our job. Today we're going to learn the first and last page of the minus. This is class number three. This is class number three. On this this is class number three on this Maimed. And as I told you yesterday, today we're going to learn the beginning and the end. So let's not waste any time. Let's go straight into the Maimed. says, My soul was redeemed in peace. From a battle in which I was engaged. And the word Krav doesn't simply mean battle. It means hand-to-hand combat. Battle where you look into your opponent's eyes. What is the reason I was redeemed in peace? Because Rabbim, because many were with me. That's what the Pasuk says. On this passage is a Gemara. He says, Anybody who learns Tehidah, the way you're supposed to. And he gives kindness, the way you're supposed to. with a minion. Says the Gemara, Malani Allah, Hashem says, I consider this individual, Ki'ilu Pada'ani, as though he's redeemed me, lead to me personally. The Abishta himself is being redeemed. Ulabani and to my children, which of course goes on Yidin, Libain, Umas from amongst the nations of the world. Somebody who learns Tate in a way of Asik, and he gives Gmil Chasodim in a way of Asik, and he's Mispal, Limatibur, it's if he's redeeming the Abishta himself and Kal Yisrael from the nations of the world. Okay, so it says in the Mepharshim, and of course in footnote 3 you see that this is Rashi. Now what is the meaning? How do you have in this Shalom means involved in things that are called peace. Teir is called peace, like it says. V'chol nisim v'seshol. V'chein gmilas chasodim nami sholim hu. Kindness is obviously also called peace, and so on. So, hada b'sholim nashi means I was redeemed through sholim. I was redeemed because of teira, which is called sholim, and gmilas chasodim, which is called sholim. And by the way, kiba rabim ha'yimadi means davening with a minion. Rabim means with a matzibu. So the Gemara and Rashi explain that David HaMelech says I was redeemed because of Shalem and Rabbim. Shalem means Tehidah and Milas Chasadim in the way of Eisek and Rabbim means davening with the Tzib. Okay? So the way you have to read this passage Padah Nafshi My soul was redeemed Mekra from a battle. Why? 
because I had Sholem, which means Tail and Moschasadim, and I had Philo, which is Rabim Hoyimadi. That's how you're understanding this Pasuk according to the Gemara. I'm six lines into the page, but Tzadok Lahavan, I have a question, says the Rebbe. What the Gemara says is not consistent with the Pasuk. In other words, and I explained this to you yesterday. When you learn a Pasuk in Tanakh, Mikro, it usually goes along with a Tadish about Peh, Mishnah and Talmud. And the Mishnah and the Talmud, the Tadish about Peh, are supposed to explain the Gemara, the, the Pasuk. Here we have a Pasuk. That if you read it by itself has one meaning. But when you read how the Gemara reads, it has a very different meaning. Now if you were here Friday, when we started learning the Maimed, I told you this already. The Maimadim on Padre B'Shalom of Yitas Kislev. Some go on the Gemara, and some go on the Pasuk. As a rule, when the Rabbeim say Padre B'Shalom, some of the Maimadim explain the Gemara, some of the Maimadim explain the Pasuk without the Gemara. This is the Rebbe's first Padre B'Shalom. The year before Yitas Kislev, he was not yet a Rebbe official. And the Rebbe immediately addresses the conflict. The Rebbe doesn't explain Padre B'Shalom either according to Gemara or according to the Pasuk. He explains the, the Pasuk according to both. The Rebbe's question is, when you read this Pasuk by itself, and you read this Pasuk with the Gemara, you get very, very different interpretation. So we just read the Gemara. Now let's read it plain. The Hine. What is the simple meaning of Padre B'Shalom? I'm eight lines into the page. King David is talking. And of course, I work as you saw when David Amalek talks, he's talking as us. He's not speaking for himself. He's speaking for the collective Jew. And he is saying, that he experienced the redemption and he experienced the redemption in a peaceful way that he was involved in a war in a struggle nevertheless there was a Pada Bishalom so the Pasha the Taichi the Pasuk is that Pada Bishalom means the method of the redemption Right? According to the Gemara, Padre B'Shalom is the cause for the redemption. It's two different things. One is saying, I learned Teira and I get stuck and therefore I was redeemed. The other is saying, I was redeemed in peace. They're very, very different. So the question of the Rebbe is, the Gemara and the Pasuk without the Gemara give us very different understandings of the Pasuk Padre B'Shalom. And they need to be reconciled. They need to, we need to make shalom between the two interpretations of Padre B'Shalom. And the Pasuk explains the reason. Now I'm skipping two lines. Gee, why was David HaMelech able to say, Padre B'Shalom Mikra, that even though I was involved in a war, I won in a peaceful way? And the answer is, because many stood with me. And the Rebbe brings the Yerushalmi, this is an allusion to David HaMalach and his war with Avshalom that the Gemara says Shagam Anchi Avshalom is foul and it's Avshalom's own soldiers were praying for the safety of David HaMalach for the victory of David HaMalach so the word we, we understand several things we understand that there's a war we understand that there's a redemption we understand that there is a cause and we understand that there is a form. In other words, we had a war. We were redeemed 
because of something in a certain way. Those are four separate things. War, redemption, cause, and form. The cause, why we're redeemed, and the form of the redemption. Okay, so when the Gemara is reading, there was a war, and we were redeemed from this war. We don't know what method. We don't know the method. Because of Taira, Gemara's Chasadim, and Tfilah. But according to the simple Pshat and the Pasek, there was a war. We were redeemed because of Rabbi Mohayimadi. Many were with me. And many means that my enemies also prayed for my successes. Gam Oivad Yashlem Ime. And the method was peaceful. That the nature of the redemption was peaceful. So the Rebbe says, you look at this Pasek without the Gemara, you get one reading. Look at this Pasek with the Gemara, you get a very, very different reading. Okay? And the Rebbe wants to understand how. Right, if, if we were Americans, we would say, so who's right and who's wrong? <laughs> the Rebbe says, how do we make them both right and how do we make them both synchronized, be together? Venimtza. Venimtza is 11 or 12 lines in the bottom of the page. The word Venimtza is underlined. The Mashakos of Kibar Abim Hoyimadi. The end of the Pasuk is Nesinas Tam, is the explanation. Alzef for the fact that we're redeemed. And Bishalom means how we're redeemed in a peaceful way. The Gemara doesn't make sense. Because the Gemara says, It's not we were redeemed in a peaceful way. We were redeemed by using a tool, a method called peace, which is by learning Teda and doing Gemach in a way of Asik. In other words, Teda and Chesed are the causes of the Yerushalayim. And this idea that Shalom is the cause for the Padilla, and this idea that Shalom is the form of the Padilla is contradictory. It's one thing to say, I use Shalom as a way of getting out of trouble, and, or saying, I got out of trouble in a Shalom way. It's not the same thing. The Gemara says, I used Shalom to get out of trouble, and the Pasuk without the Gemara is saying that I went out of trouble in a Shalom way. How do you reconcile those two things? Venimta, I want you to go down, please, to four lines in the bottom of the page, and we're going to read a summary. Thus, There's two interpretations to the words Padre B'Shalom. Ha'alaf, interpretation number one. Shalom is the cause for the redemption. You learn Teda, you give Stalker, you're redeemed. The Yashleimah says, Rebbe, I would like to add that when you say that Padre Shalom is the cause, that davening with a minion is included also in the word Shalom. In other words, you don't even need Shalom includes davening with a minion. Why? You get two Jews in a miracle, in a, you get ten Jews in a room, it's a miracle. That's all. Yeah? You join him with a community, that's the Shalom. In other words, in the word Shalom, you actually have all three already. In Shalom you have learning Teira, which is called Shalom. You have Mil's Chasadim, which is Shalom. And getting along with another Jew and joining you in the Minyan is right to Shalom. But according to the Gemara, Shalom is the method. How did we get out of trouble using Shalom? But when you take away the Gemara, and you read the Pasuk directly, okay, now the last word on line Kuf Ayinawa says, Vehabez, now turn to page Kuf Ayinawa. Not that the word Shalom is how we were redeemed. But in what way the redemption appeared? We're redeemed peacefully. The idea of peace. 
Mevayerak is not explaining what we did to be redeemed, but as the form of the redemption itself. The Ilu, and according to the Pasuk, without the Gemara, that Padabishalam means that we're redeemed in a peaceful method. The cause for why we're redeemed is in the last words of the Pasuk, Tibe Rabim Imadi. And the Rebbe asks the question three lines on top of the page, but and I need to understand. How can both reasons be alive, synchronized, made correct? Okay, so if we want it to be simple, and we love being simple, because simple sometimes is clear, or more than sometimes clear. Is Shalom a part of the Padilla, or is Shalom the cause of the Padilla? Is Shalom how we're redeemed, or why we're redeemed? Is Shalom the tool we use to get out of trouble, or we got out of trouble with Shalom? The Gemara seems to say, Shalom is the tool we use to get out of trouble. The Pasuk seems to say that the getting out of trouble was B'Shalem. The Rebbe says those two ideas are incompatible. We have to make peace between them. Okay? This is the questions of the mind. Now go to the very last page, which is the other sheet I handed you. The other sheet, if you want to identify it, is empty on the back. That's how you know we're home. Kufpei Gimel. Okay? And I am going to tell you the answer to the question. Okay? Now, I, I must be blunt, candid, You'll read the last page and you almost go away feeling that Rebbe didn't answer his question. Rebbe says, the answer is not so crystal clear. And it's very, very funny for me. L'chayda, in those years, Rebbe was very, very clear about things. When you finish the Maimah, you say, so how did he answer? The question is so solid. And again, what's so unusual about this question is that the previous Rebbe didn't ask this question. Previous Rebbe just picked either this channel or this channel and taught them separately. Rebbe, the first part of the Shalom of the is joins the two interpretations together and says, let me speak to But when you look for the answer, you go away saying, well, does he mean it? So I'm going to tell you what I think the answer is, but of course, what I think is not necessarily the case. It's simply what I think. And the answer is three lines to the top of page, Kuf Pei Gimel. And look at the words carefully. The answer to the question lies in the words Mikrov Li. But what about Mikrov Li answers the question is Tzarech Lihiyes. Translate Tzarech Lihiyes. Tzarech Lihiyes. Tzarech Lihiyes in upper elementary means you have to pick a fight. That's like, there has to be a struggle. That's the answer. Tzarech Lihiyes Mikrov. Tzarech Lihiyes Mikrov means that the Pasuk Padav Shalom is not dealing with a circumstance. When you're in trouble, you got to get out of trouble. No. You have to look for trouble. You have to look for trouble. That's the key to this Maimit. And the entire Maimit, Friday's class and yesterday's class, were predicated on that premise that Mikrovli doesn't mean I'm in a bad situation. No. Mikrov means I'm getting myself into a bad situation. Because Krav is not optional. Krav is not circumstantial. Krav is the mandate. You're in a shaman in this world. Fight. Don't avoid the fight. You must fight. Because if you avoid the fight, <laughs> you're going to end up with the double fight. You must engage in the fight. And that's the key to the end. Mikrav Lee is not, well, I'm in trouble. I need help. Hashem, help me. No, I'm getting myself into trouble. Because you're in this world. And if you're in this world, there's a Yitzhahara and there's an Elamazir. And a Yid must understand that the struggle between good and evil in this world is not a necessity, it's a requirement. It's not 
well, I have no choice but to fight my Yitzhahara. No, you are meant to fight your Yitzhahara. Yiddishkeit is only the way it's supposed to be when there is a struggle. If I have the capacity of isolating myself, separating myself from the world, separating myself my own animal, and engaging in transcendent and removed spirituality, in other words, avoiding the Krav, says the Rebbe, I'm not fulfilling my purpose. Krav is not a circumstance, it's a mitzvah. Pick a fight. Now, you don't have to necessarily pick a fight in, in the most dangerous neighborhoods, but a fight you have to pick. Everybody has to understand Krovli is a requirement. You must engage with Yitzhak Because only when you engage with the Yitzhak is there real growth. You have to deal with the animal. Harness the animal. Educate the animal. Maybe even transform the animal. Not avoid the animal. Because when you avoid the animal, the animal doesn't go away. He just waits for you to be vulnerable. And he runs you over. So the key to answering the contradiction between the two interpretations of Padre B'Sholem is the understanding that Krav is a requirement. We were put by Ebishter in this world to struggle with the Yetzirah. Mikrovli, it's necessary to have this fight. And that's what this Maimah told us. Right? But then there's another thing that the Maimah also told us. If you have to fight with the Yetzirah, you can make it easy for yourself and you can make it hard for yourself. And that choice you the Krav, the fight with the Yetzirah needs to be. But you don't have to make it unnecessarily difficult for yourself. You can make it easier for yourself. And that's where the word Padre B'Sholem comes in. And Shalom is not about God. Shalom is not about Padre. Shalom is about Krav. Padre B'Sholem, Nafshim Krav. I have to fight with my Yetzirah, but I do have an option of fighting B'Sholem in a peaceful way. Now, how do you translate the word Shalom now? If the key to this possible is the requirement, is the mandate to have a struggle, what does the word Shalom mean? Shalom means that I relate to the world by disregarding it. This was Friday's discussion. Right? I have a Yetzirah. I can reason with my Yetzirah. I can tell him, well, you like food, but I need to daven now. So let's figure out how to be time to daven and time to eat breakfast. If you establish your relationship with the Yetzirah on footing where there's room for him and room for you, your life is going to be very complicated and the Makrav is never going to finish. The other alternative is, listen, I'm in this world, i got to fight with you, but I don't have to take you seriously. You are a stupid behemoth. Finished. Krav means I, I establish myself above it. The Rebbe is really describing two types of Jews. One kind of Jew is what they call in the culture to God and to light. I'm a good Jew, but I'm also a normal person. And I have to live within the parameters of the world and partake, enjoy the parameters of the world. If I want to enjoy the world and I want to... So the Ebishter, the fight is never going to finish. Because every day and every minute, I'm asking myself, is this too much world? Is this too much Ebishter? It, the balance, when I choose to reckon with, to give Metzias to Oilam, in my Avedis Hashem, is never ending. So Shalom is a choice of tactics in battle. Krav is unavoidable. But you have to struggle, you can't help it. That's why we're here. But you don't have to necessarily make it hard for yourself. How? Establish your life that the only thing that's really important is Yiddishkeit. And it'll be Shalom. Shalom means you're not constantly having to figure out what's the balance between being a, in Elam Hazah, being a Yid, because I am a Yid, period. So the Krav must be. The Shalom is a choice. And that's the spirit of this Maimed as the Rebbe is teaching us. The foundation of the Maimed is you have a struggle. You can't avoid that. 
The proposal of the Maimed is, why choose a path which is so convoluted and so complex, which is all about making the Yetzatev happy and making Yetzatev happy, or making yourself happy and making your neighbors happy, or whatever the case is, which is a never-ending frustration, Shalom, I have to fight with Yetzatev, but no one ever said I have to be nice to him. You establish yourself above the Yetzatev, you have a fight, but because you're telling Yetzatev, you are not a manda omar. You're not half of my life. You are the challenge in my life. You're the obstacle in my life. It's still a struggle, but it's much more peaceful when it's simple. So that's the tight sholem. The first idea of the posik is the krav. Krav is not a circumstance. It's a commandment. Fight. Now you have a choice to fight in a way where you're constantly, as they say in Yiddish, gribbling, always trying to figure out how much is too much, how much is too little, where you can establish of above. And that's the supposal of the Rebbe for Sholem. Okay? And the Rebbe continues and he reads, I am now eight lines in the top. You have the option of choosing a method, a level of struggle which is called peaceful. See, so what happens is, if I am not incorrect, the word Sholem has two translations, but they're not only not mutually exclusive, they're not even two, they're really one. When you choose to live your Yiddishkeit life without regarding the world, that is peace. In other words, the method and the reward become the same. But the question is, is the word Shalom mean the way I was redeemed or the word Shalom how I was redeemed? And the answer is that it's the same thing. When a person's attitude as a Jew towards the world is I don't regard the world automatically there's peace there's peace in me I have to fight I have to struggle so the public Shalom doesn't mean there isn't a fight it simply means the fight that I don't have to fight every day and when I establish my life that I don't have to fight every day that is the peace so the method and the the form and the method become synonymous and that's the Rebbe's answer once you understand that the most important word in this Pasuk is not the word Padim and not the word Shalom, but the word Krav, the Pasuk falls into place. Shalom means I choose a method of war called Shalom and I therefore have in my life Shalom and they're not two things, they're, simul- they're synonyms, they're one and the same. And then the Rebbe says that there's degrees. You can be stubborn on different levels and you can have peace on different levels. In other words, when a Jew says the only thing that matters to me is Yiddishkeit, and everything else only is a servant of Yiddishkeit. That's called Shalom. But how, how, much, how stubborn are you? The more stubborn you are, the more not regarding Elam you are, the more peaceful is your peace. So the Rebbe continues and he says, um, And in this itself, it's It's not only it was in the times of Shleim HaMelech. That you're able to elevate only those sparks which are close to holiness, meaning to say that your stubbornness, your decision, that what matters to me is Yiddishkeit, which is your shalom, redeems um, things in your life which are by themselves un-Jewish, but if you're more stubborn, you redeem even such things that are altogether un-Jewish. It brings the clarity also to the darkest part. The more Yiddish a person is, the less the world is a real challenge to him. So the ultimate shalom 
is when, when Mashiach is going to come that the the stubbornness of a yid is going to be absolutely, and the beater of that will also be absolutely. So that's how we touch the pasuk. Pada b'shalom. The word shalom has two touches at once, and b'shalom means I choose to live my life as an uncomplicated Jew, and therefore I have peace in my life because mikrov, the fight is part of life. And then the Rebbe says, "What about ki berabim hoyimadi?" So according to the Gemara, Kibbutz means to daven. That's what it says. But the Rebbe seems to be stepping away from this. The Rebbe doesn't want to translate Kibbutz the davening Forget If you remember the beginning of the Maimah, the Rebbe said that included in the word Shalom is also davening with a minion. means how much of the world we're able to conquer. The more stubborn we are, the more above the world we establish ourselves the more we actually conquer the world. In other words, people think that when you appease the world, you impress the world, it's the exact opposite. When you tell the world what you think, you have a much greater impact. And the Rebbe says, I'm talking about the sparks of God and instead of falling into a place which is public, in other words, the opposite of Kedusha, this is no place, which has holiness, it's against Kedusha. We have an effect. It's like Chanukah, right? Chanukah is one of the few mitzvahs that's dafke done in the street. Dafke done in the street. Not also done in the street. Dafke done in the street. And of course, you know how it's explained in Chasidus. And by the way, us Chasidim are the only ones who light it in our living rooms. But that's one of those great contradictions that only Mashiach will be able to resolve. Lighting it in the street means because the power of the Hanukkah can transform the street. And the power, and the Renate and the Beis Hamikdash couldn't transform the street, so you had to light it inside. Since the power of the Hanukkah can transform the street, it must transform the street. And that's the Shalem. When you have the Koyach of Shalem to transform the street, Rabim Hoyimadi, the street becomes also the Mabishim. So Kiba Rabim Hoyimadi is not the cause. I think is the symptom. What is the proof that it's real shalom that the, the even clip is being collected? In other words, when a yid has akshonis, that it serves the abish as it's supposed to be, so really I think it answers the question. I, I think that ever answers this question. The question is, is Padab shalom a method of redemption? Or a style, a form of redemption? And the answer is it's both. And it's both together. And it's not joining two ideas together, it's one of the same thing. When does a human being have peace? When he's certain about who he is. And certain of what he is, he doesn't care about anything else. When a person is certain that what matters is Yiddishkeit, he has peace. And it's really true. It's psychologically true, it's spiritually true, and it's practically true. But the premise of this part of Shalom is that you need to fight, but you don't have to constantly be on the fence. You don't have to constantly try to live both sides, be equivocal, in which case you have no peace. <laughs> the word never finishes. So Padre Bishala means I have to fight a battle, but I don't have to make it hard for myself by being kumsi kumsa, being abyssalin abyssal ahead. I establish my life as the Abishter once, and then I have shalom. And moreover, there's dividends, there's a reward. When a person behaves the way he's supposed to and doesn't care, well, thinks, ironically, he gains other people's respect. <laughs> And when he tries to make everybody happy, nobody respects him. And then the Rebbe says in the next paragraph, second line, next paragraph, second line, This idea 
that a person is living a life of shalom. Shalom means I have to fight, but I could be proud to be a Jew and be single-minded in my Jewishness, which is my peace. It expresses itself in all three areas. The Ha'asek Batayda in my learning, there's peace. Or Begimilas Machsadim in my kindness, there's peace. Or Mispal in my Tzibor, in my davening, there's peace. In my learning, if you remember yesterday's class, the peace in my learning is Chassidus. Igmilas Chassadim, the peace in Igmilas Chassadim is that I am helping even the rich. In other words, I'm doing a favor in such a way where I'm involved with that other person. As I explained to you yesterday, the difference between giving a gift and giving a loan. And davening with a minion also has an element of peace. And here the Rebbe says, Hakshurim in Machshava He says, Davening is thought, Taira is speech, Gmilas Chasadim is action, and we bring this peace down to the level of our thought, speech, and action. So if you look seven lines from the end of the Maimah, six lines from the end of the Maimah, it says, Shemikanu from now on, I will gauge in my battle, I must. But in all three areas of Tfilah and Teira and Gemilas Chasadim, but in a way that I am not constantly on the fence. I establish my life on the principles of Yiddishkeit and Yiddishkeit alone. I say they are teira la mitzvah, kifishe muayim bemoyesh abateira zui teira sechasidus, and then you have peace in your own life. So I think I don't know, but I think we understand the question clearly, and we understand the answer clearly. The question is, how do you reconcile the Gemara with the pasuk? And the answer is, if you make the center of the pasuk krav, the Gemara and the pasuk become one and the same. Now go back to page Kuf Pebeis. Okay, Let's connect this, of course, to Ashaiches the Pader B'Shalom and Magul Dites Kislev. With Alter Rebbe, there's a famous letter. Kedivre Rabbeinu Azokin. Alter Rebbe wrote a letter. Quote: Kishacherisi b'Sefer Tilim. I was reading Tilim. The Pasuk Pader B'Shalom Nafshi. Alter Rebbe was pushing saying Tilim, and I explained it to you last week. He was saying Tilim because it was Tuesday. And he was saying Tilim not according to the days of the month, what we call Chumish Tonfanechitas, but he was saying according to the days of the week. And on Tuesday you say Psalm fifty-five, Kapitel Nun Hey, we have Pader B'Shalom. So I was reading the pasuk Pader B'Shalom Nafshi. I was reading this pasuk. The Altarebbe Blushin is before I could begin the next pasuk. Yatasi B'Shalom. I went out in a peaceful way. Says the Rebbe. Then Yadua Biyek Feikidush of Mevachami Admor Bekam Asichus. The Fnidik Rebbe explains in many Sichus. Al-Tarebbe went to jail not because of the Misnagdim. He went to jail because in the heavens there was a kitruk, there was a critique levied against the Al-Tarebbe. And Al-Tarebbe's conduct by revealing Chesidus in a very revealed way. So he went to jail for it. The people, meaning the Vashem Tev and the Maggit told the Al-Tarebbe that Rabbein Azokin you started, continue. Moreover, you should say Hasidus even more, which of course the al went ahead and did. When there was the victory down here, the al explained, the victory took place on high. Three lines from the bottom of page, Kuf Pebeis, in the heavens it was declared, from now on, the revelation of the inner dimension of the Tater will be publicized to many. Which is why, told about this victory, says the Rebbe, certainly to the Al-Tarebbe personally, 
What mattered more was not his own safety, but the redemption of Hasidus on a spiritual level. Top of page, Kuf Nafshi. It was precise by that he was saying the Pasik because in this Pasik it's revealed what is the end of being a servant of HaKadosh Baruch in other words Hasidus raises you above but doesn't raise you above that there's no war it raises you above that you're not being petty in the war and looking for kulis and for etatim and for excuses and for justifications and balance so the Rebbe says Hasidus is the tool that gives peace and the tool is you don't have to fight with your enemy you stagger some above your enemy and then you have peace so Padah B'Shalom Nafshi includes both the method that redeemed al Rebbe from prison and the form of his redemption the method is I'm not fighting with you you're not important to me and therefore the form is I live in peace 